I V M I V M Hey everyone this is your daily dose of everything that's happening in the world of NBA I am Monish and joining me as he does always is Nishant and you're listening to The Airball Diaries We had two overtime games today. Uh, Lakers lost. The uh, Sixers lost against the Detroit Pistons. And a possible narrative shift in the MVP race. I know we've been saying Giannis all throughout, uh, at least in the last one month or so. But today probably was a narrative shift for the rest of the world. We have so much to talk about, so let's get started. Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one, or simply a sports enthusiast, join us, Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's going to be lit. Uh the Brooklyn Nets took on the Milwaukee Bucks possible first round matchup. Uh earlier in the week the Milwaukee Bucks took on Philadelphia 76ers and we did say that it was a possible conference final matchup which I don't think anymore because I don't think the Sixers are good enough to reach there. But Giannis showed up in both these games. Forty against the Sixers, forty-four tonight, forty-four, fourteen, and six. Uh, leading scorer on both the teams that had KD, Kyrie, uh, Middleton, Drew Holiday, whoever. Giannis topped them all. Uh, KD had a good night, twenty-five uh, points, but missed two shots that could have won them the game. Uh, one in regulation and one in overtime. Kyrie went missing in the fourth quarter and in overtime. I didn't even realize that he was playing. Kyrie went missing. Imagine that. Drew Holiday was fantastic. Middleton got ejected. Uh, questionable call. I know it could go either way. Questionable call. But what I saw today was uh, Milwaukee getting everything right. This is like a this is like all those habits that come out of a championship team, right? When Middleton got ejected and they yeah. felt it was unfair. Uh, that was in the middle of a Brooklyn sixteen three run. the bucks could have folded there and said okay it's a regular season game we'll see them in the playoffs and shut shut down for the day but they didn't uh, this is exactly what a championship team does this they know that there will be situations like this in the playoffs as well where you'll be down but you need to really force that come back and somehow get it to as far as possible right and then you never know what happens that's exactly what happened today where yanis after that 16-3 run the bucks went on 11-2 run themselves yanis was unstoppable they put whoever they wanted on him He was unstoppable. He was dunking on Claxton, Durant, Bruce Brown, whoever got in his way. Everyone's getting dunked on. I think he had ten dunks today. And this is a team. This is exactly what the Brooklyn Nets are lacking. In fact, when when it came to those clutch moments, right? You are throwing the ball in KD's hand and expecting him to get on a ridiculous shot. I mean, it's KD. Of course, you'll have hopes that he'll go in. But some of them were ridiculous angles, ridiculous. uh against great defenses even there's no one that he could pass the ball to because kyrie was guarded very well and then he would have to pass on the ball to say claxton yep. or drummond and then they'll get hacked and then they don't make the free throws and yeah, that's, that's exactly where the happen. yeah the depth gets exposed there and this is this is something that is built over a period of time right and you can see that the brooklyn nets have not played enough together to figure all of this out and that was clearly evident today in what the bucks were doing they knew what was going on uh yanis when he was guarded and had nothing to do he was very confident passing on the ball even if it was conorton even if it was george hill even if it was joe holiday whoever he's pretty confident in passing the ball he trusts his teammate but somehow i don't see that with kd or kyrie i mean starting yeah. part of the game the first half you'll see him passing the ball a lot more the second half uh, especially in the fourth quarter you'll see that kd doesn't really pass the ball enough except if it's kyrie 
Mm-hmm. And that's where the Brooklyn Nets are lacking. And this, uh, do you agree with my uh, analysis there? A part, I think some parts of it. Uh, a a part of KD and Kyrie not passing all that much could also be their game. They just believe they can get a mm-hmm. shot and they can score. Uh, but hundred percent agree that a a their depth gets exposed in games like these. It's yep. still to their credit. Uh, so good are their best players that they still lost by one point in that two in overtime. But their the depth does get exposed the uh, inability to to surround their superstars with players uh, is getting exposed but but my my issue here is it's not that they were that short changed on on mm-hmm. the support crew like they did have seth curry he put up some numbers they had yep. uh, brown got them a bunch of points which brown is amazing I, I, yeah i would yeah and he's been so far for a while i think yeah. he's been a pretty yeah, valuable yeah. player in the lineup so they had they had enough support. I think where really where they lost this game was one I, what I've been saying, what we've been saying on all along, and what more people are beginning to realize is you've got to stop making excuses for Giannis's greatness. You've got to stop coming up with bullshit reasons why he's not the best player in the game. It was right in front of your eyes. He is the best player in the game. He dropped God knows what on Embiid, punched him into the ground. Dropped yep. 44 on KD, who dropped 26. Any were this the other way around, we'd be mm-hmm. jacking off in in the yeah. in international media, singing KD's praises of how uh, he made a statement and he showed Giannis yeah. who's who and it's man man amongst boys and all of that. Giannis drops 44. Nobody else comes anywhere close. Gets the win. Is unstoppable in the clutch. Um, and, and there's no credit. I think the where the game was lost, though, where the difference was created. Brooklyn, after all this, all said and done, and this is why I was saying I, I slightly have a different view, is they shot more volume, which mm-hmm. means they created more offense, Brooklyn. They shot better from, they shot better overall from the field. They shot way better percentage, so they were a lot more efficient from, from three. And they put up big volume. It's not even like they, 37 yeah. threes and they made 18, 18 of them. Mm-hmm. Everyone gave them, gave them threes. Um, so then where where exactly did they come up short? The the match was really won and lost on free throws. And incredibly, for a team that used to have Harden around, uh, they, they I think they sent Milwaukee to the line for twice as many free throws as Brooklyn got yeah. in the game. Yeah. And Milwaukee hit almost all of them. That's where yeah. they lost the game. That's where they got the delta. Because on the floor, they were superior to Milwaukee. From three, mid-range, yeah. overall, everything. It was free throws where they actually lost the match. And again, yet again, MVP case, they sent Giannis. Most of this hacking was done on Giannis. And this yep. is where he's, you know, it, it's getting, he's becoming freakishly unstoppable, unstoppable where the league should be frightened, where people should recognize this and call it out. And yet nobody does. His game itself is unstoppable. He went 14 of 21. That's that's well, that's like yeah. 66% shooting. Two thirds <laughs> of his shots are going in. That's unreal. One of four three-pointers, whatever, they live with this three-point shooting. Um, drop 44. Oh, one second. One of four. That one uh, three-pointer was a game uh, tying three-pointer. I know, and a step back, no less. <laughs> uh, that and and the fact that, how do you so how do you stop all this? You hack a Yanis. You either mm-hmm. block his part to the rim. That's not happening anymore. Nobody is blocking his path. He's yeah. getting there because he has better footwork now. He has more post moves. Earlier, it was just I'll run in a linear line. And if you have people yeah. strong enough, you'll stop me. Now it's a little more finesse. There's more skill. So that's that's difficult. But I think um, the Hakayanis formula still worked until the NBA Finals last season where he put that to bed. 
and now it's just become a regular thing they sent him to the line 19 times because that was the only yeah, way they I could stop him i don't even think they're he... hacking him anymore i just think that he's unstoppable no it's just they legit it's it's yep. defense where uh, it's so much high contact play that there is a very good chance yep. it'll turn into a foul they sent yep. him to the line 19 times he made 15 of them and that's yep. it that was the game because you know middleton and holiday are not going to miss six of six yep. i think five of six um, and and almost all of the other fouls were on on yanis and he made 15 of, of, of 19 Uh, 15 of 19, by the way, 15 made free throws is um, is more than the entire Brooklyn Nets team put together. Giannis made more free throws, digest this, than the entire Brooklyn Nets team. <laughs> that was yep. the game. That was the ball game. So how do you stop this Giannis? How do you deny he's the best player in basketball? And how how in the world are we still holding him as a contender for MVP? He should win DPOY for sure. He's probably yep. the scoring champion or close. He is yeah, proving to you in the behind LeBron. Yeah, he's proven to you in the clutch. and against the best players all of the bullshit subjective arguments yep. that a lot of these um, analysts make oh but he doesn't take the last shot he took it oh but yep. where is he against the big boys against kd there he is against embiid there he was what's the reason exactly what's the excuse now that yanis is not the best player or the mvp so is today the day that the narrative shifts that you have a lot of yanis wagoners climbing on because uh, it was I mean, Embiid lost against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, he got 37. So what? Giannis got 44 against a better team. Uh, Embiid got 37 against a weaker team and yeah. lost. Yeah. And uh, this stretch, at this in this stage of the league where you have an MVP race so close, closest it's been in years, you would want to put your case forward, right? You would put your best step forward. You would want to match the other MVP yeah. contenders. Jokic has been doing that game after game after game. Uh, Embiid. in a big game like not a big game but in a game that you have to make your case he goes 37 and loses the game and this is where i think yanis really steps up i mean big games he never goes missing you saw that earlier in the week against philadelphia you saw this today against the brooklyn nets never goes missing what was the criticism of yanis before he wouldn't make free throws he was yeah. not he didn't have a jump shot <laughs> he has free throws now he has jump shots where you are pretty confident that if you take a jump shot you can live with it it's not a bad shot anymore it's okay He also has average, more post moves. Even if he stopped uh, in yeah. his run to the basket, he can make uh, make you pay. Exactly. I I I'm totally with you on this. I don't think there's a contender. Even I think Giannis is really re- leapfrogged Embiid and Jokic. And yeah, Jokic second, Embiid third still. Yeah, but I don't think the narrative is going to shift there. And yes, I I think I think you'll get a day or two of everyone eulogizing. Uh, mm-hmm. People are going to go nuts. Oh wow, Giannis! Giannis made a statement. Uh, this is typical crap that people sell on TV. Um, and then he'll go back to the whole thing because narrative is something that is sustained mm-hmm. um every time yanis has a big game you mm-hmm. get ornate praise including the nba finals and then it goes back to the same old thing so yanis did that finals mvp bucks won yeah yanis yeah. got a, a ton of praise 50 points in the final, in, in the uh, series clinching game you can't ignore that so he got yep. a ton of praise for that what happened after that brooklyn nets still started the season as the odds on <laughs> favorites I don't think Giannis started as MVP favorite. Um, okay, maybe they thought regular season is going to sit back a little bit more because now he's running for the chip. Okay, but did that change when Giannis made it abundantly clear that he's the best? No, we were just overselling Embiid uh, to the point where, like, you go on Twitter now, kids, the kids are convinced Embiid's more dominant than Shaq. There, every day I see these comments. I'm like, what is going? <laughs> the one season he's fit and he plays a few games at the level that he should be expected to play, and we go nuts saying he's the greatest player of all time. He could be, but it has to be proven uh, yeah. over a sustained period of time. He has talent, but a lot of people have talent. Uh, I, I don't know. I I've not seen the narrative shift so far. 
I don't see it change. The second an American guy starts performing better, uh, the whole country is going to go nuts. Uh, Katie's better, but oh, but Kyrie's better, but everyone's better than Giannis. Giannis, Luca, who's talking about Luca exactly also? Uh, he's been Luka's on been fire on the second half of yeah. the season. Yeah, who's talking about him? He's third. He pulled that random ass squad to third place. Yep, yep. Not a, not a mention in the world. I don't know if it's an American, non-American thing. I don't know what it is, but uh, they don't get their due. Absolutely. I know we've been focusing a lot on the top half of the Eastern Conference, but if you look at 8, 9, and 10, Hawks, Hornets, and the Nets, they have exactly identical records. And this is kind of problematic for the Nets because they play the Hawks over the weekend. And the Hornets have the tiebreaker against the Nets. Yep. So if the Nets lose to the Hawks uh, over the weekend, they're going to be down in ninth, probably 10th spot. And that's not something you want, despite the strength, despite this run they've put together, uh, despite the strength of the squad. Uh, <laughs> That 9-10 spot is tricky because down to one game then. You really want to wrap up that 8 spot, don't you? Yeah, this couldn't have come at a worse time, this defeat for them. But uh, I, if you're saying this is not something you want to see, I'm seeing Lakers in the 11th spot. Uh, or did they drop to 12? I don't know. Let me check. Did they 11, 11. <laughs> thank, thank you, Lakers. <laughs> thank you, Kings also, for being so terrible that the Lakers have almost no chance of dropping to 12. Lakers should have been, it. they should have won the West, first of all, or at True. least top three. True. Let's say top three. All right. Start of the season, power rankings, Nets were one and uh, Lakers were two. Yeah. So let's say top three. The Golden State has a resurgence, but except they didn't. They dropped to fourth. Well, um, you should at least be better than Mavs, if not the Grizzlies. You should be True. better than the Grizzlies for the squad you have. True. But, but oops, you're in 11th place. So I can live with Brooklyn. Not Brooklyn live, uh, you know, we talk about. Lakers, we, we don't write out the Lakers because what if AD comes back? There's always that what if element. Though, heart of hearts, we know it's it's so incredibly unlikely. It's just a mathematical opportunity. Never there. been There's done some, before kind of a thing. Yeah, it's just a non-zero chance. That's, that's about all yeah. it is. You can't definitively say it's zero, so you say it's a non-zero chance. With the Brooklyn Nets, it's been a lot of that case. Um, and it's, so they lost Harden. They said, oh, but we've gained Ben Simmons, so we don't need him to shoot, he'll defend. And we made those, I've made those points before, but, and which is true, but it's all theoretical, just like with the Lakers, where, where if AD comes back, uh, the reality is, looks like Ben Simmons is not going to play this season or, or right. deep into the playoffs. So they're not at least going to get that benefit going into the playoffs. Um, and the other reality is, this is a squad that is again being just being put together. True. Uh, just like at the start of last season. And and we've seen what happens when teams don't develop a rhythm, they don't play together, however good the personnel. Uh, Nets should have beat the Bucks last season. It went to Game 7, it went to the last shot. Bucks just held their nerve better because they were a better team. That's it, that's all that separated them. And that was the Nets without uh, without Kyrie. Yep. But now it's, Nets without, yeah, now it's Nets without Harden. It's a year more, Bucks are even more well set. They have even more of a stable squad. They've yep. got Brook Lopez back, so they have all of their positions stuffed to the brim. The only big change is DiVincenzo, who any, didn't play anyway. Most of the yeah, he was last, injured. Yeah, uh, yeah, throughout, throughout. So um, that's the same as squad. It's the defending champs. It's all of them. They didn't lose a yeah. damn. They didn't yeah. lose a squad player. They didn't lose a towel boy. It's it's all of them. One more season set. Drew's that much better set into the offense. He's is much better problem. in offense. Yes, yeah. exactly. He was terrible in the uh, on Correct. offense last season. Correct, which is a problem. And the Nets should know. They saw him in Game 7. He was just as clutch yep. as any of the Brooklyn players in Game yep. 7. Yep. Uh, in that game. Um, so, it's, it's, it's an uphill climb uh, uh, for Nets. And this is 
we're talking taking the chip but now we're talking getting to the playoffs i think look they still have the kind of players that that you would want to have to yep. to win clutch games and get into that play in position maybe even get into the playoffs but it's going to be really tough for them this season absolutely absolutely do you see uh, them dropping to 9 or 10 and then facing the hawks or the hornets for that in that one game matchup which could go either way uh no so again this is out of respect to the kind of players they have that i say this that they should drag them through right yeah yeah it's probably not a likely scenario if if they drop where oh god bless them we've seen stranger things happen in basketball but um, i don't think it's it's a likely scenario so who who are they um what are their next games right they play so they play the hawks over the weekend which is a must win now yeah uh, then they, they play the rockets they're going to but they play rockets in new york you're going to you're going to assume they get those wins Yep. Um, and they they also play Cleveland, which is quite win. likely a win. Their only real challenge is they play at the Hawks once, right? But the other right. four games are PCC, like Rockets, Pacers for sure. Yeah. And then New York and Cleveland. So I I don't know. It's highly unlikely. Even if Atlanta upsets them, I think it's still unlikely that they that they drop. Agree. Agree. Okay. Uh, Save by the enough. schedule, huh? They have a super easy schedule going forward. True. True. What about the Philadelphia 76ers who've been? I mean, the narrative <laughs> is that they've been losing on purpose to avoid the Brooklyn Nets. First of all, you don't even know if the Brooklyn Nets are going to make the playoffs, like we just saw. At this, At this point, do you want to avoid them? Like I said, teams like Brooklyn better face them early yeah. uh, rather than late after they've developed a head of steam. Right now, they're still finding their feet, sort of the squad. I, the two superstars are always going to be legit, but the squad better now than ever if you want to face the Nets. You see all these teams peaking at this moment, right? I mean, all the contenders that are peaking right now. You see the Phoenix Suns; they don't drop games anymore. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are on a run right now. Uh, the Celtics were really on a run before these last two games, and Robert Williams got injured. These are teams that are contenders and are peaking. The Sixers, meanwhile, are not yet peaking. Uh, they lost to the Bucks earlier this week. They lost to the Detroit Pistons today. I mean, all said and done, you can't lose the Detroit Pistons unless you really want to, or you're yeah. really bad at it. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to make of the loss today? I mean, uh, was it a deliberate attempt to lose? Was it uh, just that Detroit are that much better than the Sixers today? Were the, better than the Sixers today, or the Sixers don't really have that squad that they could get upset by any team in the league? I have a I have a wild theory. I think. Yeah, go on. Sure. <laughs> so my wild theory is um, Sixers have way too many temperamental players. Mm-hmm. maybe a temperamental coach i don't know but mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. temperamental players where like i said it's, it's a wild theory and it's a butterfly effect okay so embiid and harden both are prone to the odd let's call it the sulk game mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. hearts not into it don't feel like playing embiid yeah. is notorious for this well yeah. uh, you know all his away games he sulks he they, and and then home games he's a monster we've seen this even in seasons prior to this bubble season last season same thing mm-hmm. um then there's james harden who's the incredible sulk he <laughs> every time is asked that he's he's a little different he's a different version of kyrie his heart's not in it for a multivariate set of reasons and whenever his heart's not in it he just stinks up the gym um what if that's what we saw what if that came to a head because they had a pretty embarrassing loss against the the bucks where they were really shown the door against the bucks um Yeah, and then and then this game happens my my sense is so i've heard this narrative that mm-hmm. they're tanking on purpose to avoid the nets at this point is that a same thing to do why why do they fear the nets so much 
And uh, the the other question that I have is, Embiid got big numbers. That's not the sign of a team looking to lose yeah. the match. It's not as a, uh, they didn't say Embiid. He played what thirty seven minutes or something. And yep. this is a player who you know you get diminishing returns after a certain number of minutes in a game. Yep. And they played him thirty seven minutes. Harden, I think, played big minutes too. And when I look up the stats here, yeah. but yeah, I yep. think he played big minutes also. Um, let me see. He played thirty eight minutes. There you mm-hmm. go. So their starters all played 35 minutes or over, except with the exception of Thibault, everyone played 35 or over. You know, Tobias Harris 36 minutes, uh, Maxi played. So this isn't the makeup of a team trying to tank. Mm-hmm. They got points across the board. They had big double digits uh, for all their starters again, except Thibault, uh, who's doing his best. Ben Simmons impression at this point, I believe. Why would we have to think that it's a tanking? They did all this and still were held to under under 100. I saw a Detroit Pistons team that played well. Uh, yeah. I saw a Kate Cunningham that's been on a tear for a while now. And so I don't know. I'm questioning this. And that's where the wild theory comes in. That Embiid had big numbers. They still lost the game. You look at James Harden. The only other assumption is, well, Harden didn't have a big, a big game. Look at yeah. a lot of their wins. It's not necessary that both players just put up massive points um, yeah. for them to get wins. It's just that their bench was dead. Their bench, yeah, the was bench dead. I think they're outscored 38 and 9 or something like that. Uh, yeah, but who <laughs> do they play really? They played Danny, uh, they played Danny Green for a while, they played whatever. Uh, Niang got them three points, DeAndre got them two <laughs> points, and then yeah, Milton got them three. Did they give the bench any significant minutes? Not really. I for me, the wild part of this theory is James Harden. It, it centers around James Harden. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think his greatness is such that I I begin to wonder, are we coming up with new excuses each time for what could possibly be a per- person personal level drop in performance? Mm-hmm. So the hypothesis here is what if James Harden isn't the guy he was? What if he isn't the okay. player he was? It definitely showed last season that he is slower than he was. Right. He's not as explosive anymore. And we're seeing how Westbrook has just absolutely crashed. Like Westbrook is never a great shooter, but this is another level of Stinking up the joint. He has never right. done that before. Not even last season. <clears throat> and and a bad fit and all of that can explain a lot of it, but not all of it. With James Harden, my thing is, when was the last time we saw James Harden be James Harden? The 30-something point scoring monster that kills teams. The year that the league... Houston Rockets, for... actually. Yep, yeah, exactly. yeah, basically Houston Rockets. The last time he was in the Rockets. Yep. What if Harden since then has dropped... Maybe fitness, maybe conditioning, I don't know. Or maybe just just age. age. It just happens mm-hmm. at a certain point that you start losing some yep. of that ability uh, because the stamina isn't the same and et cetera, et cetera. What if that's what's happening? Because last season, we explained that with a combination of where initially he was sulking, he didn't want to play for Houston. So he came mm-hmm. fat, he did whatever. And, and he, uh, you know, on purpose, started stinking it up. Okay. He goes to Brooklyn. <clears throat> Still not getting big scoring numbers. I mean, the odd game, 30-plus game, like I said, Kuzma has those, right? So, uh, by and large, he had these low-scoring triple-doubles, the Jason Kidd-esque Mm -hmm, mm triple-doubles. And we passed that off as James Harden, the ultimate team player. I did too. That's what I thought also. Uh, The ultimate team player, he's sitting back, so Kyrie and KD can have more of the ball. Uh, Maybe, because KD got big numbers often. Kyrie got his thing. James Harden was the only one suffering on scoring. Then came this season. Same thing again. And we've had games where KD and Kyrie were both absent. Games where James Harden thrives. Whatever happens to the result, he gets mad yep. numbers yep. if this was Houston. I, I can't recollect too many of them. There might be a free yeah. game here or two. But I really can't recollect too many. Not a lot, what, yeah. if, 
yeah what if it's not the james harden anymore because mm-hmm. now he gets traded to philadelphia it's the same thing again he has those jason kidd's triple double numbers right. uh, game after game that or close but we've not really seen him take over a game and and dictate the result with his offense right uh, this is a guy who has averaged 35 in a season yeah yeah so what if that's my hypothesis that's my wild theory what i'm if i'm with you on he's this. not I'm the guy you. anymore yeah we we'll see we'll see uh, and he doesn't have good history in playoffs uh, so let's see if that yeah. continues a great weekend of games coming up a lot of a uh, lot at stake i would say the lakers take on the pelicans that is oh boy kind of a decider if you <laughs> could ask me uh, for the night and watch man uh, the warriors play the jazz because that could be interesting because if the warriors lose that one the jazz could go up above them or come pretty close at least uh and like i mentioned earlier the brooklyn nets take on the atlanta hawks and if the nets lose that one they they'd be in trouble they don't want to face nine and they don't want to go to the ninth and 10th game matchup because it's one game we've seen worse things happen we saw the warriors last season in fact perfect example they lost to the memphis grizzlies yeah yeah uh, they had two chances by the way they lost to the lakers first and then the grizzlies so you don't want to go into that one game matchup which mm-hmm. can get tricky uh the atlanta hawks uh, win today uh, also kind of settle the top 10 in the east that's not going to change the order would change obviously could change but the knicks yeah. are out which means trey young has knocked out the knicks for two years in a row uh the wizards are out no longer in contention so the eastern conference is settled the west still has one spot rather to be fixed uh between the spurs pelicans and the yeah. so interesting yeah. round of matches the other big game which i forgot to mention is the nuggets take on the timberwolves uh, sometime of the weekend or yeah. probably tomorrow mm-hmm. is that if the timberwolves win that one they could sneak up on that six spot uh, for against the nuggets as well so right. a lot to play for over this weekend any particular games you're looking forward to um yeah i, I know what you're so, not looking forward <laughs> i'm not looking forward to the lakers <laughs> against the pelicans um i'm i'm intrigued by a fair few fixtures actually um i think boston get a chance to flex they play indiana Yep. Uh let's see what it is like when they when they really go for it because they've had a bit of a topsy turvy run of games. Um I'm really looking forward to Sacramento against Houston just to see who stinks it up more. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun game. Uh, yeah. I, no, it's okay. So I have a personal agenda there. I'm looking forward to that game because uh um uh, basically i want to see if sabonis plays they said they're going to reevaluate him april 2nd oh, i badly yeah, okay. i badly okay. need him to play <laughs> <see where you're laughs> for my fantasy league no but uh, i think one one super interesting match up it's not going to change anything mm-hmm. on the standings mm-hmm. but the suns take on the grizzlies oh, dying yeah, yeah, to dying to watch that yeah top two teams in the league yeah, clippers take on the bucks that's always fun to see the clippers get clobbered i think that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. um, i think going to get clobbered though <laughs> Yeah, but both are playing back to back so never know both the teams could come up without Yeah, but without who, who would you bet on to rest players more if there was a back to back season? Clippers. I I don't think Paul George would play just given the history of Clippers and that he's returning from yeah. injury so he might sit out. Bucks yeah, but might choose to rest Giannis but I don't think Giannis wants to rest so I think he'll end up playing. Yeah, I think possibly the most uh, the most intriguing match up would probably have to be uh, Charlotte against the 76ers the Hornets and the Sixers. I really want to see Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it's it's going to be a show of intent but i'm really uh, i don't know there's something about this context charlotte have a lot to lose um yep. so they're going to they're going to come in all guns blazing philadelphia let's see how committed they are to this supposed plan of of holding on to the fourth spot and not moving any higher mm-hmm. uh, let's see so that that match intrigues me but beyond that let's see where it goes all right this then is, this is all tomorrow weather yes 
uh, great fun talking to you as always. You have a good weekend, and I'm sure we'll be watching a lot of basketball uh, over the weekend. See you. Adventures, right? Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM Network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IVM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.